Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Searcy podcast. If you'd like to get connected to what God is doing at the Searcy campus, you can text the word Searcy to 88000. There you can give online, get connected to a life group, find your place in a serve team, and so much more. You can also find today's message notes in the YouVersion Bible app. Just tap the link in the episode description to follow along during the sermon and save notes directly to your phone. Now prepare your hearts to hear a great word from God today. Right. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. Um, like Craig said, fall weather has been setting in some, and I think uh, today may be the hottest day of like the next 14 days. So uh, if you're glad about that, say amen. Uh, you summer people, I'm sorry, but it's over. Uh, it's it's mo- moving on. So um, we are in a series called Plans of God. It's a short series. We started last week. And uh, you can go to wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, check that out if you were uh, not here last week, because I'm going to build off of what we talked about uh, last week. And so um, I just simply want to recap really quick uh, just our main talking points from last week so that we can jump in uh, to this. So last week, we simply talked about uh, the plan of God and the question, is there even a plan of God? So uh, it's kind of tempting when you look around and you see the world you live in or maybe the circumstance that, that you're in, you you got a big question mark. You say, is is there even a God? Is is, is there a plan? And so uh, we talked out these four things and we'll give them to you quickly. God's plan for you is predetermined. Um, a lot of you think I went Calvinist when um, I talked about that last week, um, and uh, thing you got into predestination and all those kinds of things, um, and so we can we can talk more about that. That's a that's a, a big old uh, piece of steak to bite off. But the second thing was God's plan for you is personalized for you or customized. Uh, God's plan for you is paced for you. So we talked about the timing of God and um, how important that is when it comes to his plan, that you basically walk into the goodness of God. He's already gone before you. He's ordered your steps uh, before you in, were in, in the womb. He knew you. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you. So his thoughts are way ahead of us. And so the pacing of the plan of God or the pace of the plan of God is very important. And then lastly, we talked about God's plan is pleasing to you. So um, you don't have to be afraid of God's plan or hearing from God or or sensing a shift in your life uh, because God knows best. We trust him. We love him. He loved you before you loved him. And so um, it's just very important for us to get that God's plan is going to be pleasing. We separated that out into the permissive plan of God and the perfect plan or ideal. I I don't want us walking on eggshells when I mention the word uh, perfect, but ideal plan of God. Okay. So we talked about the permissive plan of God is that is very broad. It's whatever you want to do between loving God and loving people. Those are your guardrails and you can spend your whole life there just doing anything you want that loves God and loves people. But there is an ideal plan for you, which is a drill down. And we talked about how that is the combination of pursuit and price and the elimination of possibilities. And so when you've pursued God and you've paid a price for it and you've eliminated possibilities, you're left with very clear direction for your life. And this is where a lot of us want to be when it's all said and done. So I'm an illustration guy. And so today, I have a bat, and I have some barbed wire. I'm going to wrap around it. No, I'm kidding. Um, so 
The parts of, of a bat are very simple. You've got the knob here, which keeps your hand on the bat. You've got the handle. On the end is the cap. And in this place right here is what coaches and players call the barrel. But it's also known as the sweet spot. Now, you can get a hit off the handle. You can get to first base from hitting a ball here. And you can lay down a bunt on the cap, and you can get to first base. But this area here is made for folks like Aaron Judge, okay? This is the sweet spot, and this is what puts you in the home run category. You can't hit home runs off the handle. You can't hit home runs off the cap. You got to get it in the sweet spot. And this is what the plan of God is for your life. Um, this entire build could be the provisional plan. You can get to base, you can score, um, you can do some great things. But when you get your life on the barrel and you get into the sweet spot and you have figured out a rhythm and a grace and a rest um, for your life, then the plan of God gets so much sweeter for you. So it's kind of where our challenge was last week is to find that. Find and search for the ideal plan for God in your life. Now, let's get into new material this morning. What happens when we don't understand the plan of God, we heap every experience we have into one big pile and then we stamp it with a Christian cliché. And that Christian cliche is this. Well, everything happens for a reason. And so we live our life out through this cliche, and every experience you have, good, bad, or ugly, you just stamp it with that, and you move on. And a lot of times we're not learning anything new, or we're not growing, or we're not expanding our faith because we've just simply put this stamp upon it that just says, hey, everything happens for, that just says, hey, everything happens for a reason. God's up there somewhere. Um, this is probably all just laid out. I just got to tough it out and then I'll just get back up tomorrow and things are going to be, be better. So has this ever happened to you? You lose your iPhone. Your Christian friend says, well, everything happens for a reason. Or you get laid off, and a Christian friend says, hey, buddy, everything happens for a reason. Or worse, you have a marriage end, and somebody says to you, hey, everything happens for a reason. Well, the scripture in Romans, and we read it last week, is where most people attribute this cliché. Romans 8, 28, I'm going to read from the New Living here, but it says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, that is indeed a powerful and well-thought-out scripture. But one interpretation of that would be that God can work within his people and their circumstances to bring about good. So it's not that everything just happens for a reason. It's not that just life is out of control and God is wringing his hands and he doesn't know where for you to turn left or right. He's somehow lost 
um, the pulse of your life, and he doesn't know exactly where you're, you're headed. And so we just stamp it. Everything is happening for a reason. So let's look into this for just, just a moment. To truly teach the plans of God, I think we also have to pause and teach the tools of God. Now, I've mentioned this to you before, but I want to hit them again for the sake of this content. There are two continuums when it comes to God's plan in our lives. There is systems and there is sovereignty. Now, a system is something that God has put in place. It is his will. He has willed it to operate without him being involved. And it just happens because he told it to happen. And it continues to happen and move forward because he told it to happen. Okay, that's a system. An example of that would be the universe. I don't believe that God is necessarily spinning things and, 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 and holding planets and giving them one more twirl. And No, he said, I want this thing to work, and it works because he told it to. Okay, so planets are orbiting, causing gravity. The closest star to us is four light years away. The weather is another system. Climate changes, solar energy, the shifting of wind. I don't believe God is up there breathing harder on one, on one day and he's not the next. I don't believe that every morning, he, now you, you, you may, but I don't believe that every morning he's getting up and saying, what can I make the sunset look like today? I think that's a system. And it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and it's pleasing to us, but it's a system. The sun comes up, and it sets because he told it to. So those are things that are in, in motion. Biology, males and females, procreating, DNA, immunity, those are systems. The cycle of life, people are born, people pass. People are born, people pass. That's a system. Physical science, that atoms are holding everything together. I don't know how it works. You don't either. But it's a system, and it just works because he told it to. And you and I have no control over a system, okay? The next one is sovereignty. Now, sovereignty is, by definition, means that God has dominion or jurisdiction over any experience at any time. So God can interrupt a system when he wants to, and we call that sovereignty. We also call them miracles. But sovereignty would be things like peace, be still, or take up your bed and walk, or Lazarus, come forth, or cast your nets to the other side. This is sovereignty. It's God just coming into life and the chronological time or chronos somehow bumps into kahiros or God's eternal time. And when those two touch each other, there's sovereignty. There's a miracle. And I say this often when I talk about that, but there's a reason we call it a miracle. If it happened all the time, we'd call it Monday. Okay, But it's a miracle. It's something we look at and we're in awe over. And so the systems and the sovereignty of God are always in play. They're always in, in, in motion. We can ask God about them. We can explore them. We can study his systems, but we can also pray for his sovereignty. And I've thought and thought and thought all week long about an image that I could give you. So here's the best that I could come up with. 
Imagine systems and sovereignty as the two tracks for a train. And so system is one of those tracks. Sovereignty is, is the other. They're running parallel to each other. They are made to carry motion, and they are unmovable. But on top of it, the train that runs on them is our humanity. So a very real life experience runs atop God's system and his sovereignty. Now what makes that strong is this. You never hear about a track wreck, but you always hear about train wreck. Okay? So the sovereignty of God and the systems of God are in place and in his hand and he's guiding them and he's, they work because he told them to. And if anything falls off of that track, guess what it's going to be? Our humanity. Okay? So when we talk about this this morning about can the plan of God also include pain, the answer is yes. It's, I would shout it from the mountaintop that God's will many times includes pain. That Christians who are following and doing their best and living righteously experience pain. And so I think we have to explore this some. So let let me give you just a few thoughts for you to write down if you're a note taker. But God's plan can include pain because of chaos. Again, there's system and sovereignty, and atop of that runs your life experience. But you and I were born into a mess. We were born into moral conflict. We were born into a world that was broken before we ever got here. People were hurt. People had been killed unfairly. Many, many, many children had died in our world for a myriad of causes before we ever got on this planet. It was already a mess. War, poverty, sex trafficking, The abuse of children, it's chaos. One billion people have lost their lives in war or conflict of humanity to stick with this message. There's also a spiritual war that we didn't start. You and I didn't start it. We didn't cause the original sin. We didn't murder our brother in a special place in the garden. His blood didn't cry out from the ground. All of these things are are very long ago, and we're on the tail end of them looking back and sometimes through a keyhole to say we don't really know exactly and concisely what happened back there. We just know it happened. And we know that because of that, we are in a mess. And so sometimes the pain in your life is simply just because we're in a chaotic world. So don't think for a moment that God, as some maniacal puppeteer, is maneuvering your life into pain because he's angry with you or upset with you. Life can just be chaotic and you can still be in the plan of God. Mankind struggles to live at peace, and history proves that this has been a problem. God's plan can include pain because of chaos. The second thing, God's plan can include pain because of choices. Because of choices. 
The big question, why do bad things happen to good people, is not as mysterious as we make it out to be. We put ourselves into toxic environments. We allow and permit toxicity in our lives. We allow the cultures of our homes to lack peace. We are making choices on the daily. We enable people to take advantage of us. You can date and marry the wrong person. And that's a choice. And so you get into these relationships that are unhealthy or toxic or weren't even good at the beginning, and then you make covenant with that person. And life gets crazy and pain, waves of pain come on you. And sometimes for decades until you simply go, I cannot function in this anymore. And it's not a far jump for you to go, God, why have you allowed this? Well, our choices set all of that in motion. You can overspend and create zero margin in your life. So if you've got a problem with spending and every penny you make is gone, and then a year later you're in debt up to your eyeballs, as that commercial says, and, and, and you get to this place where you are just, it's tense and it's stressed, and now it's affecting your relationship with your spouse, and you go, God, why are you letting this happen? Why don't you just give me a raise or give me a better job? Because it's not about your job. It's about the choices that we're making. And so pain comes into that because the humanity that is on the track of sovereignty and system is about to come off by the choices that we've made. Sometimes we don't put God first in our choice. Now, I, I used to be a, a champ at doing this. If there was a medal for trying to God, call God over to what you were doing and ask him to bless it, I would have a gold medal. It's just sometimes we have things we're passionate about and we love, and so we do them, and we do them without praying, or we get into something without praying or seeking God or saying, I guess I'm going to take this leap. And, and, and then we say, well, God, hey, come on over and get involved in what I'm in. And God is saying, that's not my plan for your life. Now, you can sit over there for a while, and you can be miserable, and when you're ready to obey and come into my plan for your life. This is where the blessing is. It's where God is. This is where the peace is. It's where God is. But when we make choices to not include God on the front end, we do not get the luxury of shaking our fists to the heavens. So sometimes there is great pain in our lives because of choices. Most of our Life experience is the common denominator of the choices we've made. So this also means, watch this, this means other people can make a bad choice and you be affected by it. You get the shrapnel of their bad choice and you didn't even do anything. But again, this is just how systems and sovereignty work. Your free will is what God demanded for you. You had to have it because it means that through that you can love him back 
And so all the risk of that, all the risk of chaos, and all the risk of us making terrible choices, and us making mistakes, and us falling on our face, was the risk God took so that you and I could choose him. We had to have free will. It's why there had to be a tree in the garden that we couldn't have. We had to have a choice. If all that was there to choose from was God and goodness, then it becomes robotic. We had to have a choice. We had to have free will. And so we've all felt the sting of someone else's choices. Some of you right now are involved neck deep in a situation that you didn't start. You go, God, why, why am I involved in this? Because people make choices, and those choices affect you, and they affect me. Third, God's plan can include pain because of chance. Okay? You say, Kevin, that doesn't sound very spiritual. It's not. Again, the sovereignty, the system of God, very spiritual, and our humanity rides atop it. But some things happen just out of chance, okay? You do not get to choose the family you are born into. Nobody say amen, please. You don't get to choose. It's part of that system. So your mother, your father, they had you. That's the system. You didn't choose it. You don't choose cancer. Nobody's in line for that. Nobody wants it. But the system is your biology and my biology fails. It gets weak. You did not choose abuse. You don't choose that, that stuff. It happens to you based upon free will, upon chaos, upon chance. Let me give you an example. If I'm riding in my car with you and I hit a deer, and I total my car, the big deer, and my hand is on the steering wheel and it breaks. And so I've hit a deer, I've totaled my car, I gotta pay my deductible, I broke my hand, and you are unscathed. And you look over at me and you say, everything happens for a reason. I'm going to take my good hand <laughs> and slap you with it. Okay? Some things just happen because they happen. You are in the way. And people punish themselves. I've seen this happen over and over and over. They say things like, had I, had, I, had I just left my house five minutes early, five minutes late, if I'd done this, if I'd made this phone call, if I'd done, no, no, no. You, you're, not, you're not orchestrating those moves. There is free will. People are moving and doing whatever they wish. They are working their own will. Today when we leave, you're all going to go eat wherever you want. You get to choose that. 
So if you get to Colton's and you have a terrible waiter or waitress, you just go, man, we, sh- we should have gone to Greek house. All these people are paying me, by the way. Thank you, Greek house. It's free will. It's, it's by chance that you had a terrible waiter or waitress. But you graduate that up to things that mean more to us. And suddenly we lose sight of that, of, of, of that principle. It's like we get it if we have terrible service. But if something terrible happens, it's suddenly on you. There are things that happen in our lives that are terrible, and the train can come off the track simply because of choices and chaos and chance. And it's important that we talk about why there's pain in the plan because some things in this can hurt us. And if we're going to blame God for that hurt, we're going to miss the mark. And maybe you're there this morning. You're sitting in the middle of hurt. You're blaming God for it. You're, You're backing away from him. You don't worship the way you used to. You're not bought in the way you used to. You don't, you don't believe in the gathering the way you used to. And so you're sitting there through a life experience and you're hurt and you're hurt to God because you've experienced some pain. And if we really believe that everything just happens for a reason, it causes us to think that God is the source of all that pain. And what people really need when they experience pain is someone to walk through it with them. Paul said in Romans, mourn with those who mourn. A modern way of saying that is this, when someone's broken, go be broken with them. Throw your arms around them, call them, text them, see them, speak life over them, pour something good into their their life, mourn with them, be with them in the middle of their pain. So since we all have to deal with pain, and the reality is that some of you are in it right now, let's talk it out just a little bit. John 16 and 33. In this world, this is Jesus, he says, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You will have trouble. No matter how much you fast, no matter how righteous you are, no matter how good you are, no matter how meticulous you are with where your life is at, you will experience trouble. But take heart. Okay? That actually translates into gain courage. He's saying there's going to be trouble, but gain courage. Look it in the face. Know that I've, I've overcome it. I think Jesus told his disciples this because he did not want them to think that the adventure they had just signed up for was going to be a comfortable one that they would always wake up and be in a great mood or life choices would always be easier, that they would always feel goosebumps during worship. He's saying, guys, listen, you're going to have some trouble. And you've seen some great things and you've worked miracles and you're going to do some incredible things when I'm gone. But you're also going to have some trouble. You're men of God, yes, but you also live in a place where there's chaos and choices and chance. And that is going to intersect your life from time to time, and you're going to have trouble. 
Jesus made it clear that there's going to be some pain. And history records that almost all of those disciples were martyred for their faith. I'm going to go through this really quick in case you've never heard it. Peter, crucified upside down at his own request. Matthew, stabbed by a sword. Andrew, crucified. James, beheaded. Bartholomew was flayed, which means he had his skin pulled off. Stephen was stoned to death. Thomas speared to death. Matthias stoned, then beheaded. Mark died after dragged by his neck through the street. Luke hung by the neck. Jude shot to death with arrows. Paul was beheaded. These examples prove that we are not insulated from pain, but we can gain courage. And as hard as it is, it is important to let this reality sink in that we are not going to be immune to pain just because we are in the middle of God's plan. And it's terrible theology for you to go through pain and once you experience to say, this is either God's fault or I'm doing something wrong. That's not even scriptural. We've done away with that and defeated that particular dogma just on, on that one statement. You will have trouble. A pain can run parallel to the plan of God. Okay, I want you to hear that today. Pain can run parallel to the plan of God for your life. Physical pain. You can have an illness and be an amazing Christian. You can be getting older. Come on, somebody. You don't feel good. You're taking a leave every week, every day, every 10 hours. It's prescribed and still be an incredible believer. You can have emotional pain. Life tends to hand all of us our share of trauma. We've all seen things we don't want to see, experienced things we don't want to see. Anxiety. You can be riddled with anxiety and be a believer. You can struggle with a major depression disorder and be a Christian. You can have relational pain. You can be here today divorced and broken and lonely and isolated. But believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You can have spiritual pain. You can sin. You can carry shame. You can be embarrassed about something. And still know that He loves you. All of these things do not mean that you're not believing. And they don't mean that you're not on the journey. And that your faith walk is poor. Sovereignty and systems and humanity is on top of it. And these things happen, the chaos, the chance, the choices. And they're affecting all of us. 1 Peter 1, 6 says, Be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though, watch how he says it here, you must endure many trials. He's not talking to the lost. He's talking to believers. You're going to have many trials, many trials, many, many trials. There is a theological truth this morning, and, it, and it's this. If you're in a valley right now, I guarantee you there's going to be a mountaintop in your life somewhere. 
And if you're on a mountaintop today, I guarantee you there's going to be another valley for you. We are going to endure many trials. Do not anchor your faith to the experience of this life. Anchor your faith in the immovable, unshakable character of our God. Craig Rochelle made this incredible quote. He said this, The distance between where I am and where God wants me to be might be my ability to tolerate pain. Okay, let me say it again. The distance between where I am and where God wants me to be might be my willingness to tolerate pain. Your ability to go, God, I'm still in this. It hurts, and I got tears, and somebody's broke my heart, or I'm discouraged, or I'm weary, or man, there's something going on in my life that that I can't control. I just got to take my hands off of and let you have it. My ability to tolerate that, that pain is what is the bridge between where I am and where God wants me to be. And some of you are stopping and going, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going through that. No, no, no. I, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to trust people again. I'm not going to love people again. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm, I'm, I'm not going over that. But if you will push through the pain, there is something, as he says, wonderful joy is ahead of you, he says. Listen, people that have the most compassion for others have often experienced what it feels to be the most hated. And because they were hated, they know how to love so much deeper. Sometimes the biggest lovers of people are those who were uncared for the most. Our biggest givers in this church came from nothing. They built something with their hands and committed it to God. They know what it's like to be broke. To grow up without means. And because of that, some of the greatest people who give anything, their time, their talent, their treasure, are people who did not have any of that in in their early life. And now that that is on their life, they value it. Because of pain, people relate to struggles better. To sum that up in one word, it's called wisdom. 2 Corinthians 1.4, I'm, I'm, I'm closing. They tell us in seminary you can say that up to three times. That's my first time. I'm closing. <laughs> he comforts, it says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God gave us. We're able to turn around and talk to someone and minister to someone who's gone through a similar struggle and say, listen, let me tell you how good the Lord is. I know you're hurting right now. 
But man, I'm telling you, if you'll stick with him, he's going to bring you through this. You're able to do that because of what God has given you. So final thought, here it is. If you're in the middle of pain, you may still very well be in the ideal plan of God for your life. It does not mean you've missed the mark. It does not mean God is angry. And you can be here today and have cancer. And you can be here today and battle depression. And you can be here today and you may not have a friend in the world, you think. It's pain. But you could still, even amidst that, those are big challenges, still be in the ideal plan of God. And He's pulling you through it. And He's growing you through it. And in a year from now, it's going to be different. And in six months from now, it's going to be different. And 30 days from now, it's going to be different. If you'll stay the course, you stay the course. I want you to bow your heads with me really quick.